knows better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. You're listening to an audio teaching from Cross Connection Church Houston. We're a small church located in Pasadena, Texas, and it is our mission to save the lost, equip the saved, serve both the lost and saved, and to send the equipped. To this end, we teach through the Bible on a verse-by-verse basis, starting at the beginning of a book and working until the end. If you would like to learn more about our church, you can find us at connectedtojesus.org or check us out on Facebook at Cross Connection Church Houston. We pray that this teaching would grow you in the grace and love of Jesus Christ our Lord. In Luke uh, chapter 15, verses 1 through 7 says, Tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. So Jesus told them this story. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost? until he finds it, and when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. Well, Father, we do thank you so much for your love demonstrated to us sheep through this story. Lord, that you would run, that you would give your very life for just that one says to us how much you love us. Thank you, Lord. And I pray that right now, if any of these here do not know your love for them, would you whisper in their ears, maybe have to yell a little bit into their ears, girl, I love you. Don't you know? Make them to hear, Lord. Make them to hear so that they will be aware of their value. Please, God, find us. We're the lost ones. You're not lost. We never did find you, Lord, those of us who are saved. You found us when we were running the wrong direction. So again, Lord, please empty me of me. Fill me with you. I pray that only words that you put into me would come out. And that only words that you want these to hear, they would listen and obey. Again, I love the prayer for our families. Lord, you take care of them and let us not worry about them. Let us focus solely on you, the one who's asked us on this wonderful date. May we be mindful and fall more in love with you than ever before. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it says these tax collectors and other notorious, I love that word notorious, they're famous or infamous. You know, you know that girl down the street who's doing stuff she's not supposed to be doing. We all know her, right? She's famous or infamous, those notorious sinners. Uh, It's for a bad quality. And before we got saved, we all had a bad quality, you know? We either, were were you cursing? Did you use the Lord's name in vain? Were you hanging out with the wrong people? Were you doing the wrong things? He didn't die for nothing. He died for you and me because we were lowly and notorious sinners. Maybe not tax collectors. Maybe some of you are. 
but we were notorious sinners nonetheless. And Jesus came for us. What's a sinner? Well, I'm one. I'm saved and I still sin. I hate that about me. But it's true. It's a person who transgresses against the divine law. And don't we know the divine law? Learn to do right. Stop doing wrong. That's the divine law. Love your neighbor as yourself. How are you going to love your neighbor as yourself? Don't you do good to yourself? Usually, yes. Usually, yes. So we are sinners who commit immoral acts. Um, sometimes we're like flat-out criminals. Yesterday, I was a flat-out criminal. I'm saved, born again, but I was going to make this left turn to go get my nails done. And so in that, it doesn't seem like there's construction everywhere. Well, there's construction in that parking lot. And so there's, you know, they have the fence right there, so I couldn't really get in because this other car came and blocked my way to get in. So there was no traffic coming. You know what I'm saying? So no traffic was coming, so I went in the opposite thing and went and got in, the, and my husband's in the car with me, what are you doing? I was like, let me drive. <laughs> Notorious sinner. Like, I'm behind the wheel, don't tell me. We do a live radio program. I had that repeat on the radio program. Because I woke up yesterday with an attitude. When I got behind the wheel of the car, I was like a little aggressive. First, when we first got in the car, we're going to eat breakfast. Well, I'm ready to eat. And all those people in front of me were keeping me from my appointment. It's a freeway, people. You know, what kind of Christian is that? I can do good for myself. I didn't care about anybody else but me, including my passenger. Pastor Ron, I've got a big ministry to take care of and make sure you get to church, right? But I'm like, because I got an appointment at 1230 to get my nails done. So we got to get where we got to get, get notorious sinner. My favorite thing about the Lord is forgiveness. I mess up every single day, every day, not on purpose, it just happens, right? Praise the Lord, he, my favorite thing, his forgiveness. We're all notorious sinners. If you messed up today, do this. If you really mean it, Lord, I'm so sorry, I don't want to be like that. I hate when I'm like that. This is what I've been praying, and I'm going to say this, I think, let me see my last note on this thing. Let me see. Um, yeah, I, on the last page, I think I'm going to ask you to do this. Lord, cleanse me from the inside out. I don't want to be like the Pharisees and just look the part and play the part. I want to remember who I am, who I am in my flesh, but also who I am in Christ. And so because I can get in my flesh, just like the rest of you notorious sinners, I know who I am in Christ, and I can go to him because I'm still a lost sheep. I'm found in Christ, but I'm still lost because of my flesh. And praise the Lord that he says, come on, baby, get back in line. In Matthew, talking about a tax collector and other notorious sinners, in Matthew chapter 9, verses 9 through 13, if you want to turn there, you can, or you can just listen to my voice, read it to you. It says, as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. I love how Jesus is always looking. He sees everything. 
he sees and he's looking, and he's looking at Matthew. I wonder how long Matthew had been hearing Jesus' teaching, you know? How many times have, has people come to you before you got saved and said, why don't you come to church with me, you know? Do you know that you should be born again? The way you're living your life, mm, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you should come with me. And I think Matthew must have heard Jesus preaching for a long time as he would walk back and forth in front of the tax collector's booth. And so one day, I think he saw Matthew conscious stricken. Tax collectors were the lowest of the low. They were thieves. They stole even from their own people. The Romans had the tax collectors collecting, but the tax collectors were collecting way more than they were supposed to. They paid the Romans, but then they pocketed the rest. Can you imagine me coming up here and saying, you know, hey, um, we're going to pass a collection plate today. Not for any particular reason other than I want to pass a collection plate for myself. That's basically what the tax collectors were about. And so Jesus is looking at him, and I think he had that look like, today is Matthew's day. He knows all about me. He's heard me teaching, but he is going to be my disciple today. So follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Matthew got up and followed him. You know, again, Matthew, I think he's conscious stricken. And so today was that day when Jesus said, you've been taking advantage of the poor and the rich to line your own pockets, Matthew, without any kind of a conversation. I don't know how it was when you got saved, but I remember Jesus, you know, saying, psst, psst, psst. you know how your living's not right. You know? You guys know. Do you remember when you got saved? Is everybody here saved? I always ask. Everybody say, because what if you're the last one? I would love to be the one that says, you know, let me pray for you to get saved today, and you're the last one, and then boom, we're out. I want it to be me so bad. Is that pride? Is that, is that like, that's just like selfishness, right? I just, I really want it to be me, so when we're on our way up to heaven, I'll be like, Jesus, <laughs> thank you. I got to be the last one. I think that's a good desire, though, right? I think I probably would take the credit, though, so he's probably not going to happen. <laughs> but anyway, Jesus spoke to you in whatever way he spoke to you. And just like Matthew, Matthew got up and followed him. And because we're so excited that we're now saved, we're not going to be uh, called to account for our sins. Like Matthew, he invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests. Not just to say, oh, yeah, come eat at my house and I'm saved and keep it all for myself. No, he invited many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. Man, when we got saved, didn't you want everybody else to know? You know, I used to be like this, and I knew I was going to hell fasting in a handbasket, but now I'm, I'm saved. I'm not going to have to account for my sins. Don't you want the same thing? Some say yes, and some say, no, baby, you go ahead. I'm going to keep drinking and, and doing drugs and, and sleeping with people I'm not married to. It's so much fun, but you go ahead and be with Jesus all you want to. I'm like, you really want to live that life? You really got peace in that? I never did. But many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners showed up. And you know what, being this tax collector, I bet it was a nice place too, right? Because he had been lining his pockets. I bet he had a really nice place. Probably had some servants, right? Like a housekeeper, huh? Somebody who'd give you the drink, wipe your feet. Uh-huh. Here, have a seat. I knew it was a nice place because that's the way I would have been if I was a Pharisee or a tax collector. But when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, 
why does your teacher eat with such, this what it says in my Bible, eat with such scum. That's what the Pharisees said to his disciples. But listen who answers when Jesus heard this. I love the fact that Jesus comes in and say, don't talk about my people. Don't talk about my people. Let me tell you. He says, healthy people don't need a doctor. I think he's being a little sarcastic here. Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. Then he added, now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. For I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. You got to know you're a sinner. Because if you don't know you're a sinner, you don't know you need to be saved. If you think you're okay, why do you need Jesus? I got a son just like that. My second son is just nicest guy. But if he, if he dies or if Jesus comes back today, I will never see him again. He's a nice guy. I mean, he will give you the shirt off his back, but he will not bow his knee to Jesus. And the, the reason why people don't bow their knee to Jesus, they don't want to stop sinning. Period. There's a sin in their life that they don't want to give up, even if it's being the boss of their own life. Don't tell me what to do, how to live my life, even if you are God. The great apostle Paul was kind of like this. You know, he was going to prove that he was a righteous man. If anybody could keep the law for one whole day, Paul thought he was that guy. Paul found out, and we'll, I'll talk about him in the last session, that he's the chiefest of all sinners. And I wonder if recognizing that he was the chiefest of all sinners is why God could use him in such a big way. If you remember who you were before you got saved, God can use you now as you are saved because he will bring those people along to you that they'll tell yourself and you'll say, oh, girl, yeah, been there, done that, worse. But God. Yeah, you can't out his grace. As long as you're still alive, he wants to redeem you from that. So you want to get saved? I do all the time. I'm like, so are you ready to get saved today? I look them right in the eye. So you ready to get saved today? Sometimes they say, yeah, I'm like, really? Oh, <laughs> no, usually I say, praise the Lord. How long has it been since you should have been saved? And when people get saved and they come and tell me, I was like, oh, I, knew, I knew it. You should have been saved like a year ago, right? Why you wait so long? How much damage have you done over there? But, but I'm so thankful that you're saved. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Amen. Yeah. You know, remember who you were. This is one of my favorite scriptures. And that's why, you know, when I used to get really mad when people would ask me to come and do retreats and stuff. Because I was scared. First, I get mad at God. Why did you make my husband a pastor? Mm -hmm. And then I get mad at Ron. Why did you have to be such a good pastor? Because they invite me over there because they think I'm going to be like you. You know, I used to get so mad because I was scared. And so this is my scripture. Remember, God chose the things of the world that the world considers foolish. Hello. <laughs> Stupid is what I am. In order to shame those who think they are wise. I used to be so intimidated with people who have PhDs and masters and all that kind of stuff. And they could just talk circles around me and then come to find out. They weren't even saved. I'm like, who is the genius after all? <laughs> you might know everything, but you're going straight to hell <laughs> with your intelligence, you know? It says in the word later that he will confound the intelligence of the intelligent, you know? It'll be gone. And, and we will look like geniuses. 
Then he chose the things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. I mean, how many people's lives can you change? You know, how much strength do you have to say, and it, it can happen? I don't have none. And my dog died. I used to be able to boss my dog around, but he died. No, I don't have nobody to boss around. Sit, roll over, stay. And he would do all that stuff? You can't say that to anybody now, not even all of your kids. <laughs> right? I have no power now. I got a key to the church. No, I, I don't have, that's it. I got a key to the church and no, what is those, what's, Passwords, can't use a machine in there, but I can get you in. But I have no power, no power whatsoever. God chose to despise things. Yeah, well, yeah, I've been hated before. I still am by several people, but you just move on, right? That's okay. Things counted as nothing. (laughs) Who are you? I don't know. I'm really nothing when you think about it. In this world, I'm just a little speck. People overlook you all the time, right? But not God. But not God. And he, he used all these things to bring the things, nothing that the world considers important. And as a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. Not even these foolish, powerless, despised nothings at all. All we can do is boast in the Lord. I cannot believe I'm up here teaching you. I can't believe it. I mean, it, I mean, I know I'm here. I hear my voice. I see myself. I see the notes, and I'm reading the Bible. But that I'm teaching it, that's a total miracle. That's just the Lord right there because, seriously, it, it, I, I, I don't know. And when I'm talking, I do, you get to that place where you think, I see my notes, but I just bought it all from here. It didn't come from my intelligence. I'm just regurgitating what his word says. And so all the glory, if, any, if you hear anything good, it's all him. Believe me, I know what I'm talking about. And so this lost sheep, let's talk about some of the lost sheep. The lost sheep are those who are sexually immoral, right? Don't you have some of them people come in your church and you know for sure they're not married and they're sleeping with people they're not married to? Yeah, we got a couple of kids that just got married in our church and one girl's supposed to have her baby on May 24th, but the doctor's going out of town, so he made it May 29th. But she just got married three weeks ago. Yeah. And the guy just got saved. We have another couple who came in right after them, and they said to me, Mama Paula, they're in the same situation as me. Can you do something? I was like, well, let's get them married today. They got married that night at church. They happened to have the license in the car. So not my husband, Pastor Ron, but Pastor Ken, we had a wedding at church after, after service. About 100 people stayed after church. She prayed not to hear too. And so the two of them are, are friends now. And so we can't let them be in the same row because you can't get out. <laughs> I said, y'all cannot be together. Somebody's got to turn this way or something because we can't get through. But they just got married, what, uh, six weeks ago? So. But you have those kind of people that come to your church, right? If we have put our arms down, because we were those same kind of people. I was pregnant when I had, before Ron and I got married. And God didn't turn this back on me. I wasn't saved, just like them. But that's what unbelievers do, right? And don't we want them in our church? Yeah. Don't say, I can't believe you came over here. No, no, we don't want those kind of people. That's, that's the Pharisees. That's what they do. We want those people in our church, right? Yeah. 
So they get saved, and we can say, Lord, one less. Let's go get the other ones. Let's go get the other ones. But anyway, the sexually immoral in, in Luke 7 says one of the Pharisees asked Jesus, the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him because, of course, he thought he, the Pharisee, deserved Jesus to come. They're like equals, you know, have dinner with him. So Jesus went to his home and sat down to eat. When a certain immoral woman from that city heard he was eating there, don't you love how Jesus makes sure we hear? Like some of you, you, I don't know if you all come to this church, but I remember some of the ladies who were here last year who didn't even come to this church, and one in particular was sitting back there like this. Do you remember that lady? She was sitting there like this. I don't even know why I came. She sat right in that orange chair with her, and she said, I don't even know why I'm here. And she let me know later that she was very upset with me. But several months later, she called me to say, thank you so much for what you said. Okay. She went home and did what the word had taught her to do. Her life just changed. She was so thankful. She was so thankful that when my husband went to Calvary Chapel Houston for a men's conference, her husband sought my husband out and said, I love your wife. He goes, how do you know my wife? (laughs) He said, she was at this conference, that, um, and my wife was there, and my life. And their marriage is amazing. Kids and everybody are just, and it's, it's like, because you guys asked me to share my testimony. Remember that? It was when I shared my testimony. So all glory to God, because I had not, that was not in my plan. That was all the Lord who put that on whoever's heart to say, Paula, would you share your testimony? So when I shared my testimony is when that lady got spoken to. God is amazing. Go, he makes sure you hear that he's here. He's going to make sure you hear because he loves you so much. This lady knew that she was a sinner, a lost sheep. And so it says she brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. This was her dowry. This was all she had. Um, Then she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping. Her tears fell on his feet, and she wiped them with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. (sighs) Hospitality in that culture was huge. If you didn't do anything else, you should be hospitable. People had a need. They wanted to come over. You open the door. You let them in. You give them what you have. That's why I think I like going to Mexico so much. They will fix everything that they have for you. They just wait on you hand and foot until you're fully satisfied. If there's any left over, then they'll eat. I learned that. It was like, so the next time we went there, I said, don't you all eat very much? Just, just you know, in bed. They just go out of their way. Well, hospitality was huge in this culture more so than it is even now. And this Pharisee had not offered Jesus any of this hospitality. Any of this hospitality. And it says, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this woman touching him, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman is touching him. She's a sinner. Whenever Ron gives the altar call, Pastor Matt, when he gives the altar call, and those people come up, We have no idea what they're going through. We don't know what kind of people they are, 
but they're recognizing just like this woman, probably a prostitute, mortal woman, collected a whole lot of money. Maybe she was the, the brothel house mother. A lot of money, because this alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume, nobody gave it to her. She had to earn that. And here she is pouring it all out on Jesus. She knew there was something missing in her life. Those people that come to our church, they know there's something missing. Those that sit in the back all alone sometimes, and those that sit in the sides kind of with their heads down, maybe all alone, they are waiting for somebody to come and touch them, just like Jesus. Because why are they there? They know they're a sinner and they're in need of something. Go get them. Jesus said to this Pharisee, you didn't even offer me any hospitality, but this woman has done all of these things. So the woman, she, he says to the woman, your sins are forgiven. And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. We get that opportunity every day, not just church, every day. The most fun time I think I have, well, I don't know if that's the most fun time because I'm at a lot of places. But when I'm at the grocery store, and you can see, you can see people having, you know, like real troubles with their self. You can see that in their eyes. And I don't know, God has given me this kind of a crazy gift that when I ask people how they're doing, they tell me. They tell me. And I want to know. And then I say, let me pray for you. Some say, okay. <laughs> and I get to pray for them. Thank you so much. Or if I see those and I say, what's happening? Oh, I'm okay, I'm good. I say, well, I'm going to pray for you anyway. I got a shirt that says, I'm going to pray for you, I-M-M-A. I'm going to pray for you. And so uh, I just got it a couple weeks ago, I'm going to pray for you. So I'm going to pray for you. And uh, I've had some people say, don't pray for me. I say, well, you can tell me to do a few things, but you cannot tell me not to pray for you. So I'm going to pray for you. And uh, pray for people. They're hurting. People are the way they are for a reason. And when I ask them how they're doing and they tell me, it's because I really want to know. You find out why people are the way they are. Those weirdos in your church. We always got weirdos in our church. We always do. You do. Everybody does. Find out why they're that way. And when they tell you, be ready with your tail between your leg of why you judged them in the first place. Been there, done that. Been there, do that. <laughs> Just last week, okay. Yeah, I am, uh, the Lord is, because I've been praying, Lord, cleanse me from the inside out. I want to be changed. I don't want to just be the onion where you peel all the stuff from the outside. No, I want to go from the inside out. I want to be better now. I don't want to, you know, the long haul thing. But I tell you what, it's painful. I'm driving the car. What, what is that? That's just attitude. To the man I love. Pastor Ron. He's like, oh, okay. And you know what I prayed all night last night? Because it's right across the street from my high school What I did that. Going on the wrong side of the street. No cars were coming. Praise the Lord, there was no police around. But this is my prayer. Lord, you know I'm sorry. Please don't let there be any cameras that caught me and they sent me that big ticket. <laughs> He's good, but he might be trying to teach me a lesson, right? I'm going through some stuff here lately. I'm just, I'm a notorious sinner. 
And I asked him to do it from the inside. He's like, okay, good. Because I want to take care of this right away. I mess up every day. You do too. Okay, here's another prostitute. Rahab, Hebrews 11.31. And it says it was by faith that Rahab, the prostitute, was not destroyed with the people in her city. Praise God, he didn't destroy her because he could have destroyed us too. But she who refused to obey God, for she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. You know why she gave a friendly welcome to the spies? Because she had heard that that God was doing all these wonderful things for his people. And the people where she was, their hearts were melting in fear because they weren't right. And she knew that there was something missing. And so she said to those spies, I will hide you. But take care of my family, okay? Me and my family. They said, if you put the, the blood, uh, the, the cord out there, we will spare you and your family, but make sure you're in that house. We won't keep that promise if you're not in. Um, but she went in. And to me, that's like her born-again experience. Don't you know you're a sinner, and don't you know God is true? Okay, here's another one, the prodigal son. And I put prodigal son, sons, because the one who stayed at home was way off more than the one who fled. And the the father says to the one who stayed home, who was having an attitude and wasn't going to come to the party to celebrate, because he was kind of judgmental, thinking himself better than the other one who had gone out and lived this riotous living. He says to his son who stayed home, look, dear son, you have always stayed with me and everything I have is yours. It's like, why do I have to tell you these things? You know I love you. I've always been there for you and with you. But we had to celebrate this happy day. For your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now he is found. For about nine years, the same lady kept coming to our church. Come to the altar, get saved. So we thought, come to the altar, get saved. For nine years, come to church all the time. Every single time she'd go back and live with that guy who she wasn't married to, having two daughters going back and living that lifestyle, and these girls are growing up the whole time. And this is me. Come to the altar. And we always have somebody come and stand with people. So I'd come and stand with her in my mind. I didn't say this to her. But me and the Lord, the Lord knew He knows everything. I'm like, I hope it takes this time. She's going to go right back out. I'm, I'm standing there getting ready to pray with her, and this is what's going through my mind. She's going to go right back there and sleep with him. Yeah. Why is she coming up here? Why is she coming up here? You know what the Lord had to tell me? Will you please be quiet? She keeps coming. She knows she's a sinner. I'm doing a work here. Do you want me to use you, Paula, or will you want to sit down and let somebody else come up here? Okay. Okay. But we're all notorious sinners. Do you know that that girl is now a woman, of course, and her name is uh, Sandra, and she's married to Pastor Alfredo. And she's the most faithful. She always would come to church. She just was scared to death to go back and, and say no to that guy. Afraid of what the unknown held. Afraid of what the known held. You know, what if, you know, what's, what's going to happen? Um, people are the way they are for a reason. And I've had to learn the hard way. And so I think that's why the Lord lets me come and share my, my stuff so that you can get it, you know. Christianity 101, 
don't do what I did, but learn from my mistakes and, you know, do, do the right thing. So that prodigal son is all upset and God says, you know, I was always there for you, but my dead son has come back to life. He was lost, but now is found. Let's celebrate. And so, you know, that last time when she got saved, you know how it happened? Jocelyn came. Jocelyn came. She, the girl I'm talking about used to dance to her music in the clubs. And so she, she comes to our church, and she's married a godly husband. They got kids. She left the high life, and now what? She saw a real relationship that could go from to now this one filled with the Lord, and her life was changed, and that impacted her. And I'm praising the Lord because I could have run her out of the church with my attitude, and she would have never met Jocelyn. So celebrate when somebody gets saved, no matter how bad they've been, how badly they've hurt you, how badly they've disappointed you. Be thankful that God keeps drawing like he did with you and me. Because I was no peach. He had to really stoop low. The problem is we forget sometimes how far down he had to go. Let me check my time. Because I haven't even got to verse 2. I'm going to go faster though. Verse 2 says, This made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. So Jesus told them this story. If a man had a hundred sheep, has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the, in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? Yeah, he will because it's his sheep. Um, <laughs> the, the Pharisees are just notorious for thinking that they are the called out ones. I know the word of God, and I will tell you how to live your life, even though I am not living mine the right way. You know what I'm saying? Be holy, be holy, be holy, while I molest little kids over here, while I do my own thing over here. Well, I have a lady in my church who has two children. She's never been married. One is from a pastor that she used to go to that church, and the other one is the worship leader's son, who, where she used to go to that church, same church. They all know it, and nothing's being done. And the Pharisees are the ones in control. And they're the ones doing that. And yet, they're telling other people how to live their lives. It happens all the time. The Lord says to these religious people, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. You know, it says in Matthew 21, 32, saying, uh, for John the Baptist came and showed you the right way to live, but you did not believe him while tax collectors and prostitutes did. The Pharisees are seeing these prostitutes, tax collectors, and other notorious sinners coming to faith in Christ. And yet, because they're so religious and they know God's word, don't talk to me about it. They're not even coming. Please do not become pharisaical. Don't forget where you came from. Don't forget how low the Lord had to go. Um, you know, we live in this time with um, everything goes now. But remember, people are the way they are for a reason. And hurting people hurt people. Don't forget that. 
people are the way they are for a reason. I was, we did a ministry out in a little city not too far from us, and it was for uh, women who had been hurt mostly by their fathers. One girl had a baby that looked like her grandfather because her grandfather had molested her, and she couldn't stand to be around that baby. So this girl had talked her family, sisters and aunts, I'm so tired of being used and abused by men that I'm going to become one. They gave her the money to become a man. Well, praise the Lord, we kept going out to that ministry and telling them about Jesus and how much he loved them and that he created them for his good purpose. And, you know, we say this a lot. You know, be the person that you were created to be. Who is that person? The one in the mirror when you get naked. The DNA never changes. You can look like a man, but your DNA never changes. You can have all the parts changed, but the DNA never changes. And so we kept telling that girl this, and she finally came to the place, and she says, okay, I'm not going to do it. And she gave her family the money back. But that was a very hard decision. And for me, listening, I felt so bad for her. I understood why she wanted to do this. Her own mom is the one that kept putting her in those situations. Her own mom would sell her for drugs. Her own mom, you know? And it's like, they don't love me anyway. I might as well be a man. I'm gonna be the man so I can be in control, you know? And she was kind of like, I was feeling so bad for her. I was, I was almost one over. I was like, I'm gonna give you a dollar fifty myself, you know? We can't go there, girls, because we're sending people straight to hell if we do. We're sending people straight to hell if we do. Of course, they would go after their own sheep, and the Lord is asking us if we will be used to go after his lost sheep. Not only the unsaved, but also, of course, he wants us to go for the unsaved, but also those who are hurting, those who have crazy kids out there, those who are sick and they've been sick so long they're just given up, those who have marriages that are either over or about to be over. He also wants us to go after the hungry people, those not just hungry for food, but more hungry for Jesus. There's got to be more. There's got to be more. We have the answer. There is more. The more you move into Jesus, the more of himself he'll give you. He wants us to go after the broken people, those who are sad and hopeless. They're just depressed. You don't know my situation, Mama Paula. Well, maybe I don't, but I know somebody who does. And he understands your weakness, and he will come and rescue you. He also wants us to go after the needy. Not just the needy who need stuff, but those who need the attention. Man, I got some people that just are right here on me all the time. It's like, I have other people I need to talk to, you know. Excuse me, you've been coming here for a lot of years. I got other people I need to talk to. But again, I have this one lady, she's like this. She doesn't have anybody else in her life who really cares. She goes on vacation. She will call me to say, we're on the road now, and I'll call you when I get there. Okay. Before, it used to irritate me, like, okay. But now it's like, okay. She didn't have anybody else who loves her, who cares for her the way she thinks I, I do. She thinks I do. And sometimes I feel bad because I don't feel like I, you know, like, okay. When you get there, fine, okay, okay. But now it's like the Lord has said, you say, you better call me when you get there. Because I want her, he wants her to know how valuable she is. And so those who need attention, and, and not just to vent, 
But if they really have a, and this is what you could do too, instead of just letting them be all over you, take them by the hand and take them with you where, and say, you talk to that one and I'll talk to this one. You've been coming here so long, you go get that one and I'll go get this one. And then come back and we'll meet and you tell me about them and I'll tell you about mine. Get them involved. They need to know that they're valued. And then we have those confused ones, those people that come from those churches where they name it and claim it, and they run around the church, you know, with the tambourine and the things, and they're sweating and stuff, and, Pastor Ron, I got a word from the Lord. Not now, baby, not now. The Lord would not have you interrupt the word. So we have to, you know, we have to train them. So we get those confused ones, right? Yeah, we had to have one of our guys say, don't move. And he said he was going to leave the church, and his wife said, no, we're not. We had another lady. Yeah, I, I think I told you that story before. She would come to my house and just, oh, my gosh, oh my gosh. So stop. Okay, thank you. So. Just tell it to go away. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no. No. So for you guys, I got one minute. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. Because we want to tell the people this. Tell them. Or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? That's the other thing. The confused ones come in and they think tolerance is okay. Everything and anything goes just as long as I'm at church. I could be a homosexual and I, I'm still going to heaven. I could be a, a sex offender and I'm still going to heaven. I could be sleeping with my boyfriend, not married to him, and I'm still going to heaven. I could have 15 kids, 15 daddies, and you know what? I'm still going to church so I can go to heaven. No, we got to tell them that. Wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards. Got a lady who used to come to church blasted <laughs> for a long time. She's another faithful one now. Um, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Remember, and that is what some of you were. Don't forget who you were. But you were also washed. You were sanctified, set apart for God's glory. You were justified, made righteous in his sight, just as if you'd never sinned. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God, you had nothing to do with it other than saying, Lord, you're right, I'm wrong. I want to be with you. You want to cleanse me? You want to take me to heaven? I say, Lord, I'll be born again. I surrender. Tell the people that, because we were all born sinners. Psalm 51.5 tells us that from the moment our mothers conceived us. That's a good mama or a bad mama. We were all born sinners. Yeah. Favorite characteristic, again, of God is his forgiveness. Tell the people that he wants to forgive them. All you have to do is RSVP and say yes. All you got to do. Thank you, Jesus, that in John 3.16, for this is how God loved the world. You gave your one and only son so that everyone who believes in you will not perish, but have everlasting life. Thank you, God, for sending Jesus into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. And Lord, we who are believers, we thank you so very much. And I who am still a notorious sinner, Lord, I'm infamous for some of the stuff I do. I thank you, Lord, that you think I'm precious and valuable. And you who began the good work in me will be faithful to con complete it. And I praise you, that, Lord, for that, for myself and for these. You have
come after that lost sheep, those lost sheep, these lost sheep, Lord, because you thought us worth it. May your name be glorified. In Jesus we pray. Amen. Is this my, yeah.